What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. A new look, but the same show coming at you. Shout out to the Academy and Philly Hall of Fame for hosting us. We're in a new location in downtown Wilmington, but always the facts are coming at you. As always, I'm joined by my main mans, Stat Matt Robinson and Kyle Sirik. And guys, it was a wild round one in the NBA playoffs. And some teams got off to a shaky start, in particular, the Lakers and the Bucks. The first time that both number one seeds in the Eastern and Western Conference lost in game one of the first round since 2003. That was the Spurs and the Pistons. So the question is right now, who should be more worried? Is that the Lakers after losing game one to the Blazers or the Bucks after losing game one to the Magic? I thought we agreed on touching on the hot button topic of the Pacers heat series. Yeah, I, th I thought that was it. That's, that's, the biggest, that's the biggest series going on right now. Um, I, I think the Bucks should be more worried because the Lakers, Lakers had a bad shooting game. You're not going to shoot 5 of 32 from 3 every night. And... The Bucks really got walloped by Orlando. Like they got thoroughly outplayed the whole game. We were watching it and here checking out the studio, mm. and we were just like, oh, "Bucks will come back. Bucks will come back." And then they never did. They never did. They never did. That that and that. Not only did they never come back, that gap never got closed to, like <laughs> oh, under ten. And then they won by double digits to a Magic team without Aaron Gordon. Put that on the table right and now. And Jonathan Isaac didn't have their their best player and one of their best young players. And still got the Bucks out of here. Also, the same team that beat Raptors in Game One last year. We all know that Raptors went on to win the championship. So you over there in the Rip City jersey over there, Kyle. So yeah, you I look like you jumped on a bandwagon. I gotta disagree. He gonna piss me disagree. off again. He go. He pissed me off last week. He gonna piss me off again. Isn't he? That's what's going <laughs> no, happen. I think the Lakers have to be more worried here than the Bucks. I mean, the Magic are not the Blazers. I mean, the Magic don't have a Dame. They don't have a Nurkic. They don't even have a CJ McCollum. And I know the Lakers shot poorly yesterday, but I think the Blazers shot kind of poorly as well. And I think they, when this series gets together, Dame's not losing. Right. I have. I'm more inclined to think that the Bucks can turn it around against the Magic than I am to think that the Lakers can turn it around. Against I the am Blazers, still under just because of how hot the Blazers are right I'm now. I'm still under the assumption that both teams will win in the first round. And I'm viewing this as a long-term thing throughout the rest of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm, I'm not. I think Portland definitely has a better chance of beating uh, the Lakers than Orlando does of beating the Bucks. But I, I think Milwaukee is definitely their their struggles this whole time in the bubble and a little bit before then are more concerning than the Lakers' struggles to me. I mean, and and I think it's funny how national media loves to kill LeBron after losing game one, but I, I didn't see enough Giannis slander in my opinion. I didn't see enough of it. One I, I was point not in happy. the last nine minutes of the game. I was not happy with the, LeBron still finished with a triple-double, okay? Like, he still broke a record yesterday. I did not nearly see enough slander from Giannis after losing to, to the Orlando Magic. I know there's a little bit of bias coming out, like I can't even, I can't even fraud about that, but there should have been more. Like, you, if you want to be held, that's the MVP right there. That's the, the, the most valuable player of the league most likely who's going to be at the end of the season, losing to a team without two of its best players in, in round one. That's unacceptable. That's got to be unacceptable. Remember how much heat Dirk got when he got bounced by the Warriors in the first round? Mm -hmm. With the We Believe Warriors, yeah. right. Giannis should get, be getting very similar criticism if this continues. Because mm -hmm. I know he had 31 points, but he shoot his, he shot 12-25. For this year, he shoot like 58% from the field. 12-25 is not what he's supposed to be doing. He was nervous. He was shooting way too many threes for him. Mm -hmm. And again, one point in the last nine minutes. I think this is, we're starting to see a trend just staying on the, on the Milwaukee Bucks Orlando Magic Series. I think we're starting to see a trend of Giannis' style of play 
like doesn't work. It's not as effective as it is in a regular season. That straight line drive, head down, bully ball, full back mentality of going right to the rim doesn't work in the playoffs. It gets it gets much more tactical, much gets much different. And we always said like once Giannis develops a jump shot, a working jump shot, it's over, right? It's dangerous. And he kind of got one. He shot about like 33% from three in the past couple of years. So he's gotten one and it still hasn't it looks like it still hasn't like maturated into his game as we thought it is. So that's where I'm starting to come come to terms with is is Giannis' style of play might be a regular season style of play. It might not be able to get it done in the playoffs. I'm doing a complete flip. I no, 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 Cole, no, 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 no. I was waiting for this. I was waiting for this. I was waiting for this. He said three games all postseason. That's what he said. Three games, and, and you got to be held to that. You got to be held to that. I won't take the L again. But, <laughs> you got to be held to that. If I had a mulligan, I'd use it. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. But switching over to the Lakers Blazers series, I know it's one that you want to talk about, Kyle. And, and it's one that I want to talk about. It was the more interesting game of the two, in my opinion, the closer game. And one common theme that's ruining its ugly head again is playoff AD. And playoff AD did not get it done last night. 8 for 24 from the field. I just want to say one thing quickly. We got to shout out Vucevic. That's it. We do got to shout out Vucevic. had an incredible game. Mm -hmm. He had 35 and 14. That's what Anthony Davis should have been able to do against Portland. Whoa, whoa, whoa. People are telling me that back to the basket game is dead. That that the big man game doesn't work. And Vuce is a testament. The big man game is not dead done the right way. Vuce popped off yesterday as he showed. Vuce has always been a solid player. One of those one of those players that it's real quiet and you look in the stats you're like, when did Vooch get 28, 12, and 4? Like that's that's the, the kind of player. If he is. was on like the heat, he'd get like all this love and credit. But since he's on the magic, no one cares. But I thought Orlando was a big market. We had this we had this discussion. Orlando's a big market. Vooch should get should get buzzed. No, because Orlando stinks, he doesn't get buzzed. But now now we shift to the Blazers, Lakers, and and playoff AD. Eight, eight for twenty-four from the field. Uh, just just wasn't getting it done uh, against the Blazers yesterday. And everyone was talking about the Lakers having this rotation of three seven-footers and what team was going to be able to stop them. And then people forgot the only other team with three seven-footers in the league is the Blazers. And Hassan Whiteside did a good job on AD last night. You got to give him some props. Yeah, I don't know how sustainable that is. I don't know if I trust Five them, blocks. Mm-hmm. I got to think, dude, I'm this close to pulling the Charles Barkley and taking the Blazers for the series. Say, right no, now. let's not. Then, then just one, one thing quick. Oh, he no. said sweep. I'm close. He said sweep. It won't be a sweep. Yeah, okay, but no, no, but I do this. If it's done. a sweep, you know what day the series will end? What? 8-24. That would be wild. Mm. Bro, bro. That would that would be wow. that that's not that's not basketball. You know the basketball guys wouldn't let anything else happen but a Lakers W. And here's the thing: the Raptors lost Game One last year and went on to win the championship. There's a lot of playoff basketball left. A lot of playoff basketball. I do want to say what shit we we did a 15 minute like live stream on TouchPlayTV.com and Facebook just when we got like talked about the studio, mm-hmm. got all our feeling. We talked about I talked about how. After LeBron and AD, it's shaky, and all I have to look at is they had to start Contavious Caldwell Pope yesterday. One point. One point, one rebound, one assist. A triple single. A triple single digit. A triple single digit. Now, I don't want to focus this focus this so much on what the Lakers didn't do, and I'm going to give Kyle his opportunity to tell us what the Blazers did do to get this win because there's two sides of this coin. But before you get to that, I do want to make a point that LeBron is is saying that this is a different experience from this playoff is, is the most difficult championship run he's ever going to be on. And people are calling that an excuse. And you know I always have to come to LeBron's defense. But I think after seeing the Bucks also lose to the eight seed, 
that there's a legitimate point to be made that the bubble in this atmosphere, everyone having to be on a, of a level playing field and not having to go to the number one seed's house to play gives the number eight seed so much more confidence to be able to go in there and not be scared. For, for one of the rare cases, we saw an eight seed go to a one seed with no fear. The Magic had no fear. The Magic literally did not fear the Bucks, And I think you put them in Milwaukee, having to stay in Milwaukee for the weekend, ha having to warm up in the arena, see nothing but green, be harassed during warm-ups. There's a level of fear that young people, like young players on an eight-seeded team, get going to a one-seed. And neither team had that. And I think we saw both, both one-seeds get punched in the mouth because they're used to having that much leverage of they're scared of us. They, they know they don't belong here. But both of those teams did. So Kyle took the floor. Don't, we, we're talking about the Lakers. I mean, LeBron needs help right now. Mm -hmm. He had 16 assists yesterday. It should have been 20, 24. A lot of missed and shots. I don't like the narrative where they're saying that he needs to be more aggressive, but I don't know how easy of a comeback this is going to be in Game 2 or the rest of the series with the Blazers because the Blazers only shot 39% yesterday. Mm -hmm. Dame didn't come alive till the 4th. Nurkic had his thing. He had like a double-double in the first quarter. Mello was shaky. Mello was shaky. CJ McCollum yeah. was shaky. I mean, no one really got going on the Blazers. You're so correct. I know we want to talk about what the Blazers did well here, but it's not like the Blazers had a Blazers game. It's not like they had the typical 135-130 game. What they did do is they played some defense. Mm -hmm. And whether the Lakers missed a bunch of shots or the Blazers really strapped them down, we'll see the rest of the series. It was the fewest but... points Portland had scored since January 11th. That's wild. And they still won. So, so... Can can we give a testament to the Lakers' defense? Because the team doesn't just a team doesn't just miss shots without being uh, without pressure being that applied point. to them. Like that, that doesn't happen. So it's got to be a little bit of testament. Dame Lillard shot thirty nine percent. You know the worst scoring the worst scoring output they've had since mid January. Yeah. So there's got to be something for that, right? That that's a, yeah, of course it is, but it's not going to hold up. I mean, the Lakers need the score because Gary Trent had a bad shooting day too. McCollum was the only one that I really thought played well in that game, and. If he's the only one playing well, it's not going to continue the entire series. Dame is going to drop 40, 45, at least two of the games this series. It's coming, right? It's, it's coming, right? Like, that's, that yeah. storm is coming. Well, yes. You mentioned LeBron feeling uncomfortable. I think it's really showing in his shooting. Mm -hmm. He is shooting 28% from outside of the restricted area in the bubble. It's 23 of 81. And he's been in shooting some support during playoff runs, and he's found ways around it. I remember 2015, he struggled a lot against the Bulls mm -hmm. and a little bit against the Hawks, but he was able to, because he's LeBron, find ways. I think I think he'll get it solved sooner than later, just because I always give LeBron the benefit of the doubt. Right. Like, I, you you say the Blazers are going to get better offensively. LeBron's going to get better at shooting. He's, I, I, I've seen this before. I don't see them being able to contain LeBron. And and here's the thing. Let's not act like the Blazers are a normal eight seed. They were a team that riddled by injuries and lackluster play and then figured out in midway through the season how to turn it on and flip a switch. So, and I truly think that if you look at the next four teams above the Blazers, the Magic, Jazz, Clippers, and or Rockets, that you put them in a seven-game series with the Blazers, the Blazers have a good chance, and I would probably bet on, a lot of the, on the Blazers beating most of those teams. So it's not act like the Lakers have it as easy as most one seeds would have it to beat an eight seed. It's not losing to the Magic. Like, I will put it that way. It is not losing to the Magic. It is, it is something way different. And rarely do eight seeds have a killer. I mean, like a killer like Damian Lillard on their side. Like, most of the teams that have a superstar like Damian Lillard aren't sitting at the eight seed in their conference. So this is, yes, like LeBron is, is facing an uphill battle as a one seed. It's weird, but he is. 
So I know we're in the playoffs and Braun in the playoffs, but can we say Dame is the best player in the league right, right now? Right now. At the blink of an eye right now, yes, Damian Lillard is the best player. Like, it's hard because <laughs> it's – If they're playing a game tomorrow, I think – so I think the way I'd do it, you're playing a game tomorrow. What's your first pick? I don't pick Dame. I still – I don't pick Dame. <laughs> no, I don't. When you put it that way, no, I don't. I pick Braun. All right. Everybody, uh, we're going to put this on social, we're going to put this everywhere. That's the question right. right now. You had to play a game seven tomorrow. Who is your first pick? And you can only have one, LeBron or Dame. Kyle, who's, I just your, say, who's your first pick? I just want to say, I'm it's ready, an incredible indictment that Giannis isn't in the discussion. It's like, wow, play. Giannis, not you right now. make the discussion. Not right now. Not right now. Not it's, right it's, now. It's, 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 okay, and put Harden, it this way. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not Dame or LeBron. But if, if you had to pick, if you had a game seven tomorrow, that's the question. If you had a game seven tomorrow, is your first pick Damian Lillard? If he's the best player in the league, is your first pick Damian Lillard? That's Who tough. Else? That's tough. Who it's else? not Dame. I'm taking, the, I'm no, taking the bubble MVP. Right now, yes. No, that's tough. No, no, as you put it that way, I'm taking, there's three people I'm taking before Dame. Bron, Giannis, and Kawhi, I'm all taking before Dame right now. I'm sorry. I'm not taking, taking Giannis. I'm not taking Giannis. No. I'm taking Braun, Kawhi, and I Harden. guess in a game seven. In a game, that's tough. That's tough. We got to move on, but yeah, we're we coming got, back to that. Yeah, we're coming I, back to that at some point because that's very tough. But I, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I want to talk about the historical ways you can look at once he's struggling quickly. Go ahead, go ahead. I think the Bucks have very 2014 Pacers vibes. The 2014 Pacers struggled in the first round against a really mediocre 38 Hawks team. Number one As seed. As a number one seed, they had made the conference finals the year before, and like they really pushed LeBron. They lost in seven. They started off really good. They were 50 and 17, but then closed the season really poor. Then they went six and nine down the stretch, and they got lucky because they played like a really mediocre Wizards team in the second round after that. But the Heat just washed them. It was the biggest blowout six-game series I've ever seen. And I'm feeling a lot of that for the Bucks vibes. The good news for the Bucks is that they don't have to play a LeBron team in the East this year. Right. The, but the East is wide open. And I'm not allowed to say that because I'm locked into my prediction. But the East is wide open right now. Uh, it, it very it very much is. But this this wasn't the only um, you know, this wasn't the only series that was going on this week there was a, a, a bunch of other you know great matchups so we're gonna go around right now and and other than the, the two number one seeds matchups give me one series that really caught your another game one that really caught your eye gotta say harden incredible postseason performance he, he gets hit on a lot for being poor in the postseason he had a great game one 37 points on 55 percent shooting 46 percent from three mm -hmm. And I think a lot, we, what we learned about the Rockets is that they're really well structured to beat a team like OKC. Because what Chris Paul always does is he picks on the big man that can't guard him on the pick and roll. And he abuses that and abuses that and abuses that. And he can't do that to Robert Covington. Yeah, no. There's no, there's no big man to, yeah. to pick on in that, in that high pick and roll. It's very true. That's very so true. I, I, I think Houston... Could be a, not to punt. I'm going to do the punt. Houston could be a problem for the Lakers in the second <laughs> round. They, they could be if they get past if they get past the Thunder. That's that's still an if they get. They, they, I, I think they, I learned I, that the, uh, the Rockets are really good. I will I will yeah. I will put it on paper that the Rockets won't shoot like that all series. They won't. I've seen it before. Like at first hand, 
As a former Rockets fan, I've seen it before. They will go cold at one point, and, they, and their defense will go cold too. James Harden had 37 points on 55% from the field and 46% from three. Like, I'm not saying James Harden's going to turn in a, a terrible, terrible shooting game, but not each game is going to look like 55 yeah, they, from the they, field they, and 46 from not, three. They weren't 20 or 52 from three. And their bench isn't going to do what their bench is 38% yeah, from three. That, it's a little that's higher than usual. Jeff Green and Macklemore doing that yeah, Jeff, 40, 42 points on 55 from the field. Their Jeff, bench Jeff, is not going Jeff to do Green that all have, Jeff Green will go 25 and then zero the next not day. You're going, right about that. And, and the Thunder bench, 27 on 34 shooting. That's probably what you're going to get from the Thunder bench each game. Hamadou Diallo had a terrible game. Doesn't normally Dennis shoot. Schroeder was also really off. Yeah, he was bad. Shea was was bad. But, but the thing about the Chris Paul was bad. Though, Chris Chris I don't Paul had Darius Baisley to be doing that. No, yeah. So I should say yeah, the, a Chris Paul a Chris Paul bad game is still almost a triple double. Yeah, I mean it, it was, and you yeah. could just see he and, and a, a normal Chris Paul game he could he controls the flow of the game he controls the tempo and he didn't have it. They were playing the Rockets tempo and style of play, and that's dangerous because I think the Thunder really need to establish the momentum and the tempo of the series because when because when Russ comes back, if the Rockets have that, then then I think the Rockets run past the Thunder. Like if Russ comes back to a 2-0 advantage, it might be a sweep where you get one game. But you, you come back 1-1, or if he has to sit three games, you come back up 2-1, and Russ has to come back, then I think you have control of it already. But, Kyle, give me, give me a series real quick that, that caught your attention. It's uh, The Pacers and Heat are up there, but it's the Sixers and Celtics right now. Mm. Uh, we didn't see much out of Kemba Walker, but we saw Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum just go off. I think 61 points combined, over 50% shooting. And what surprised me, though, was the Sixers' game plan. And B took 15 shots. That's not going to get it done against the Celtics team at all. And Alec Burks had the highest usage rate on the entire team that game mm. off the bench. He had two assists with the highest usage rate and shot six for 15. So I don't, I'm, I don't like their game plan coming in right now, but I think this series is going to get tight, and I think Embiid goes off in about an hour from now. I was very pessimistic about the Sixers after game one. It looked to me like they can't do that without Ben Simmons. Without Ben, ben Simmons, Simmons, it's rough. Without Ben Simmons, they're what? Say both of y'all say it with me. Shaky, shaky baby. And, and you oh. can, it makes it so you can't guard both Tatum and Brown. You have it to was pick, tough. Because Fievel has to be on one, and Simmons would be on the other. But Hayward's out. There's the butt. Hayward's out. There's I get, always no, no, the, no. I'm, I'm not gonna, gonna let you do this. Hope. I'm not gonna I'm let you do this. I'm not gonna let you take a, a molehill out of Gordon Hayward being out and turn it into a mountain of this is why the Sixers are gonna win. I'm not gonna let you do that to yourself. I'm not gonna let you. I'm not gonna let you do that to yourself. It gets you know worse. Better. It gets you worse. You know better. It gets worse. If they beat the Celtics and the Bucks are shaky, when does Simmons come back? Maybe the <laughs> it's a dangerous. I got two passive things. I got down. two things for the, I got two things for the Sixers. One, I think a detriment to Embiid is thinking he's got to do this whole thing by himself without Embiid, without Ben Simmons. Um, I, I heard a quote from him, him saying that he has to take, he has to now take over, he has to now carry the Sixers and do it all himself. And I think that's a, a bad mindset for him. One. Because we've, we've seen him try to do it, and he's not that great at it. And I think to, to bang your head against that wall right now isn't, isn't what the Sixers need. I think their takeover guy is going to be Ben Simmons moving forward. And while he's out, I think you have to do what the Raptors have done this whole, series, this whole season when Kawhi went out, and you have to you know, do it by committee. Maybe B goes up in points, someone else goes up in rebounds, someone else goes up in defense. Like It's got to be a collective unit going up instead of Embiid shouldering the whole load. Because I don't think he has to do that. And two... You might have to insert Matisse into the starting lineup and put him yeah. on and 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 put him on Tatum or Brown early. 
Like, like, make them uncomfortable early. Because I think bringing in Matisse off the bench is cool, but you already have let Jason Tatum establish a rhythm. I believe Jason Tatum was like 2 for 12 or something, 2 for 9 to 10, 11, 12, something, when guarded by Matisse yesterday. Make that happen early. Yeah. Like, you make that happen early in the game and take him out. Because I don't think Jalen Brown can, can – Jalen Brown is, a, is a, like a Chris Middleton guy. I'll feed off of Giannis if Giannis is doing well. I'll feed off of Jason Tatum if Jason Tatum is doing well. But Jalen Brown isn't that guy who's going who's gonna to carry you through a whole series. Tobias Harris has to shoot more than three three-pointers a game. He needs to be chucking. I'm sick of the 18-footers with a hand in his face after he pump fakes a semi-open three. He needs to be shooting these three-pointers. He went 0 for 11 really early in the season and then, like, spooked him forever. He, he, needs, <laughs> he got he, the yips. He like, got the Josh, yips. If Josh Richardson can shoot nine threes, Tobias Harris can shoot nine threes. Yeah, that's true. And Which, One of them needs to step up. Either Richardson or Harris needs to step up. They can't let Alec Burks take the most shots. He's a good shooter. He should get shots in the offense. I'm fine with that. But he can't take the most shots on the team. And Not in crunch not time. Not, not down in crunch time. And I'm sorry to tell you, but Josh Richardson down the stretch is a little bit of a liability on the offensive end. He played great defense. But his offensive end down, down the stretch, now he's good for a game or two. We've seen him pop off for a game, you know, a couple of games this season. But to be relied upon down the stretch, I, I, don't, I don't think that's – I don't think that's it. That's it. It's I think he's, missing, he's missing that confidence right now. I need if he to, can get that, they could roll. They could roll. I need to see plays run for Korkmaz. He got no shot attempts in seven Oh, minutes. Lord. No, 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 no. Oh, Lord. If I need plays run for Korkmaz. No, 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 get off screens. If Korkmaz is going to be in the game, he's only in the game because he's supposed to be able to spread the floor to give room for Embiid to dominate. And then when they close on Embiid, you kick it out to him and he gets an open three. And he didn't shoot any times in seven minutes, which means the entire offensive plan in those seven minutes failed. He's just getting cardio. Failed. He's, just getting, failed. he's just getting cardio out there. When when a B got the ball, everyone just kind of stopped, and then he got doubled, and then he got stripped. That's why he had five turnovers, four in the first half. We need more ball movement with Embiid out. With Embiid, when he has the ball, and but with Simmons out, it's 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 not looking and, good. And the ball's got to find Embiid down like late in the games. Nine touches in in the third and fourth quarter. Nine touches. I, Embiid, I Embiid plays at least twenty five, like yeah, at least twenty minutes a half. How he yeah. how he touched the ball nine times? What is he doing? What else is he doing? That's a Brett Brown thing. That's a coaching yeah. thing. Like if if I go more than four times up and down the floor. And I get four empty possessions, and my star doesn't touch the ball once. That's a quick timeout, and everyone bets I'm like, what, what are we doing here? And B, why aren't yeah. you calling for the ball? Y'all, why aren't we getting the ball to him? That's my superstar. I, I expect him to shoot, like, 20, 25 shots a night, mm. or at least get to the line a lot. I, but like, I, I see this nasty seesaw thing going for He doesn't touch the ball enough, or he shoots too much. Like, he's not doing enough down the stretch, or he's doing too much. Watch, we have a, a 40 and 25 game, and he's plus 17 on the court. Like that, I, I am not surprised if we see that. But it, but it's weird because we'll see that in a loss. And I don't know what yeah. to, I don't know what to make of those numbers. I don't know what to make. And I forget which game that it was, but it was one of your losses in the bubble, one of the last okay. games. He went 43, 20, and plus 21 on the floor, and y'all lost the game. Yeah. Like, I've, I've never seen anything. It might have been the Indiana game. Like, I've yeah, never seen anything like game. that before. Al Horford, minus 18 and 31 minutes. I'm done talking about Al Horford. No, no, I'm just saying. He's that's, the, your, that's your case to starting Thibault. That's your case. Yeah. Because he was minus 2 in 32 minutes. And, and we've learned the Horford and Bede thing together doesn't work. So just because Simmons got hurt doesn't mean we can try that again. Mm -hmm. We've already went down this path.
Hey, you Cooley can't even start know Horford. Matching up with the Celtics, you cannot start Horford. I didn't understand that at all. Oh man! The last oh man! Said, yeah, that's you. What scares me. What scares me right now is we know Tatum's gonna ball. Jalen Brown's coming in hot, but Kemba did not do anything. And we know Kemba kills the Sixers. And if he starts getting hot, this series could get out of hand. Fun fact: Kemba Walker has never beaten a team that had Ben Simmons on it. It's weird. That is. That's only. That's a stat match. It used to be stat. LeBron. He was like 0 24 against LeBron, and then they beat like the Lakers. I do remember when yeah. he was when he was winless against LeBron. All right, we're gonna move on to our second segment here. A new one. We're trying this out. Start bench cut. It is how it sounds. We're going to present you three things. Could be sports-related, uh, player, coach, team, whatever. You got to start one. You got to bench one. You got to cut one. Matt, or Kyle, I'm going to come to you first all the way from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania over there. So it is right now, the the category is young coaches in the NFL. Young, ringless head coaches in the NFL, but good coaches. Start one, bench one, cut one. Matt LaFleur, head coach for the Green Bay Packers. Sean McVay, head coach for the Los Angeles Rams. Or Sean McDermott, head coach for the Buffalo Bills. Start one, bench one, cut one. This sounds pretty easy for me. I'm starting LaFleur. One season in, 13-3. and three. And I'm taking McDermott off the bench. I, I like the Bills. I like the Bills. I do like the Bills, too. And with, without an elite quarterback, which is something you seem to need in this league. Mm-hmm. And then I'm getting rid of McVay, dude. His his whole career has just been downhill since that one season. Mm-hmm. And I don't trust him. I don't think he develops players well. Cool guy, but I, I don't I don't like how he coaches. G- gimmick coaches don't last in the NFL. Gimmick coaches last for a year. And if you don't get it done in that year, they go down. So, and, and McVay was a gimmick coach. I'm starting Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott. I'm starting Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott okay. took over a Bills team who hadn't made the playoffs since 1999, and he made the playoffs twice. Mm-hmm. And who were his quarterbacks? Tyrod Taylor, Taylor and Josh Allen. Sean McDermott does not get enough credit for going to the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor as his starting quarterback. He, he almost won a doesn't. game with Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh Allen was laddering the ball with like a minute to go, <laughs> and they got to overtime. Yeah, the, the Bills really did everything to <laughs> that game. Who are you I still got to... I think the Packers were a fake thirteen and three team, but I'm still gonna go Lafleur. I'm about to say. Still gonna go Lafleur. I'm about to say. Still gonna go Lafleur. I was about to say. But I'm not that impressed with Lafleur, and like, I cut McVay. I wasn't that impressed with Lafleur Mc, either. McVay collapsed in the Super Bowl, and he hasn't rebounded. Uh, I think the the Packers really benefited from an underperforming NFC North. Uh, the Vikings looked like they could turn it on at some point, and they didn't. Their offense never really clicked. They're having trouble all season. The Bears, you know, Mitch Trubisky was doing him, and uh, we know the Lions suck. So um, I think that's why the, the, the Packers were a little bit of fool's gold. So I'm doing the same thing. Um, I'm starting McDermott. I'm benching the floor, and I'm cutting McVay. McVay's got no – and his teams went downhill. His quarterback, he's, he's tied to a, a, a goofy quarterback, no pun intended. We watched Todd Gurley's career go downhill. We watched him lose a lot of players, uh, you know. So we'll, we'll see, but I'm not, I'm not really on that – on that wave anymore. Next one is breakout bubble stars. This is a good one. Matt, you're first. Start bench cut. Devin Booker, TJ Warren, Michael Porter Jr. I got to start Michael Porter Jr. Whoa! Whoa! He broke out out of nowhere. Whoa! He came out of nowhere at all. He barely, he had a broken back. Over the book? And... And defenses are afraid to guard him because he hasn't got his shots yet. <laughs> and, and, and he can make the Nuggets a contender. Everyone's sleeping on the Nuggets. Michael Porter Jr. 
can make the Nuggets win the West. It's not out of the question. Okay. Devin Booker, great job going 8 0 in the bubble. Great job. But. <laughs> what? The, the, the. Michael Porter Jr., the breakout is. Yeah, I, I take Booker over Porter, but just talking about the breakout in the bubble, more impressive okay, than Michael Porter okay, Jr. Okay, okay. To be fair, it was. The category was breakout bubble stars. Michael Porter Jr. might have had the best breakout bubble performance. But, okay. And, I, and, going, I, and, I, and then I, I'm benching Devin Booker. Right. TJ Warren's, it's a fun run. Right, it's right, not right. indicative of anything else. That's exactly why I'm cutting TJ Warren. But, like, me and probably four out of five dentists would choose starting Devin Booker and and benching Michael Porter Jr. before cutting TJ Warren. That's where I am. For for obviously, for, uh, I do think you're exactly right about TJ Warren. I think we saw a breakout bubble performance, but that's all we saw. We didn't see anything that's going to carry forward. We saw something that's going to carry forward for Devin Booker and MPJ. But I'm, I'm sorry. To, who's who's the, the youngest best scorer in, in the NBA right now? That's Devin Booker. Like, who's got the brightest, Luka. the, the yeah. highest? No, the best young scorer. Luka averaged like 28 points it's a game. Devin Booker. The best young scorer, pure scorer, ball in bucket is Devin Booker. I thought you were going to piss me off today, Kyle. Okay. Stat Matt is, is making a, a run for it. I think I, I think I might right here, actually. So I, I'm not reading this as the breakouts. I'm reading it as the players, who I want right now. So. I am starting TJ Warren. This <laughs> man, y'all both are wild. Y'all both are I am wild. I'm starting TJ Warren. Don't look at him like that, because you're just as wild. You're <laughs> starting at PJ. You're just as wild. Keep I going. don't. I don't agree with you guys that this is just a bubble run. I'm not saying he's going to be that guy that's going to put up 30 at night, but I think he is legit. And I saw flashes of it, and he's still very young. And I think he's coming into his own now. Um, and he starts very hot. So I'm starting him in the first quarter. I'm starting him. He's going to give me 15 in the first quarter. And then off the bench, I'm taking Devin Booker. You have to there. 8-0 in the bubble. Just, Almost bubble MVP. I, I, and then I'm getting rid of Michael Porter Jr. He's not there yet. I'm sorry. I'm befuddled. I'm befuddled by both of your answers. I just want to say the Suns had TJ Warren and Devin Booker and gave away TJ Warren for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you want to start the man over, over the future. Over the future. The future of the league is in a couple of people's hands, and one of those hands is Devin Booker. Michael Porter. And you want to bring him off the bench? Michael Porter's got 18 points. And you want to start T.J. Warren over him? And you want to start Michael Porter Jr. over him? Michael Porter Jr. Disrespect. Seven minutes left to go in the third quarter. He's got 18 points already. I don't hear it. I don't hear it. They're down 14 though. I don't hear it. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Next one is young running backs in the league. Rookie running backs. In the, in the NFL right now, start bench cut, Kyle, coming back to you. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, DeAndre Swift, or Jonathan Taylor? Start bench cut. I am going to start Jonathan Taylor here. Just for me, I trust these Wisconsin running backs. You mm-hmm. go James White into Melvin Gordon, into Corey Clement. Yep. You got four Super Bowls between them already. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan Taylor had the best college numbers out of any of them. In only three years as well. Melvin Gordon kind of only played three. He got like four games his freshman year. And it was still considered the freshman the next year, but I'm, I have to take Jonathan Taylor here. I'm gonna bench DeAndre Swift. I love DeAndre Swift, and then I'm gonna cut Clyde. And the reason here is, I think Clyde is a running back by committee, yep. and I'm not surprised if he does that his whole career. Teach uh, Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift. I can see being number one running backs in the league with a backup. Mm-hmm. While Hilaire, I see as a committee guy, maybe even his whole career. 
Yeah, I, I'm. I'm Which right. is in the right system to do. I was right just about to say that. I'm just about to say yeah. that. That's why the Chiefs. That's why the Chiefs took him with their first round pick. That's why the Chiefs made that jump. So I think he's in the right system. But for those reasons, I think I'm where you are. But I'm gonna flip Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift. I think DeAndre Swift never got his just due really at Georgia. There were like two or three separate times where he was supposed to go and be the man, and then they had a breakout, and then they had a breakout running back. First one was yeah. Sony Michelle, and then it was uh, you know, Evan or Holyfield Jr. I almost said Evander Holyfield, uh, <laughs> but Holyfield Jr. And and both of those times, he it was kind of you know they had their breakout season, and then Georgia liked to split the carries between of them. But Jonathan or DeAndre Swift always had the ability to be the number one running back at Georgia. Uh, no slight to Jonathan Taylor, but I just really like what I see from DeAndre Swift. I think he can be better out of the backfield catching, too. And I think he'll be better from Matt Stafford that way. So I'm starting th- I'm starting DeAndre Swift, benching Jonathan Taylor, and then cutting for cutting Clyde's over there for pretty much the exact same reasons that you're saying. I got to go with Claude Edwards Hilaire as my start. And he picked him. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to doubt it. And he's re- I, I did not think it was that good. I thought he was just product of LSU. And then yeah. I saw him I in think, the national title game. I was going to say, you have like, PTSD Ooh. from the national title game. He, 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 did, he did a number on you on the national title game. <laughs> I think um, Burrow's going to be pulling homes because of that. I, I, I think I think, um, I think this one is like all three of them. You could put them in either, in yeah, either order. Yeah, it's, it's close. I like Jonathan Taylor. Because remember, he didn't have like the... He had he was the guy in Wisconsin. He uh-huh. was, like Alex Wonderbrook. Yikes. Yeah. He was I mean, yeah. shout out shout out Melbourne PA. He's from he's from Melbourne but, Prep. Went to high school with graduated high school with his sister. Yeah, like I mean and, so shout out PA was that shaky. But, that, that was shaky. Yeah. And uh I like DeAndre Swift, but I hate that he's in Detroit because Matt Patricia's a terrible coach. Yeah. And I, he'll get used poorly. Mm-hmm. That's that yeah. I agree with that. I can see it. Um Kyle, go ahead to the countdown. All right. All right, good talk. No, this past week in sports didn't have too much to happen. NBA playoffs are around. But we're going to move straight into the countdown here. So let's start number five. The number of goals the Flyers have had in the first four games against the Canadians, the fewest ever for a team with a 3-1 lead. And that's because they don't need a bunch of goal scoring. You Carter know Hart. You know who they got in net? Carter Hart. This man is this this kid, this man, I'm calling him a man now, is a beast. Like it, this 21-year-old soon-to-be phenom in net, Carter Hart is the reason they, they have They got a chance woman. to close it out tonight. Flyers bandwagon, man. And it's funny. It's funny. Living in the city, like you can tell Philly wants to slowly bring out going on the Flyers bandwagon. They don't want they don't want to jump the gun too soon and and, and be all in and then the Flyers crap out. So there's the slowly banners like move closer and closer towards Center City. They're not all the way there yet, but they're they're moving their way up South Broad Street. It's funny. Islanders gotta close out the Capitals because I don't wanna play Boston in the next round. Yeah, it's tough. All right, number four. The number of Champions League finals Bayern Munich has made since 2010. They made it in 2010, 2012, 2013, and now 2020. They just beat Lyon 3-0 and will face PSG. In those, the, the only time they won the Champions League during that run was in 2013. They lost to Inter Milan in 2010, and they lost to uh, Chelsea in 2012. Eight, eight to two? And they're hot. Eight to two? What? And they're hot. As a, like... As a Barca fan, I've had many letdowns in the Champions League. Back-to-back years to Atletico. Roma did their thing when we blew the lead. We blew the lead to PSG, too. It happens. 8-2 to two hurt. Like, that one hurt. Like, I was not expecting that. I was not expecting 8-2. to two. That one hurt on a different level. I'm done with the Champions League. 
I'm down with the champions. Right, no, I'm down with the Champions League. Number three, the number of te- number of playoff teams in each conference who have never won an NBA championship. That's in the Eastern Conference, the Magic, Pacers, and Nets. In the Western Conference, the Clippers, Jazz, and Nuggets. I don't see that really changing for any of these three franchises right now. The Clippers obviously got the best chance. But I, I think the Clippers can change that. The Nuggets. They can. <laughs> The Nuggets have the longest streak in any of the four major sports of consecutive playoff appearances without a title. And that goes back to their NBA days because they never won an NBA title either. A lot on the line for Denver over there. A lot on the line. Trivia, trivia time. Out of those six teams, two have never made a finals appearance. Which two? Never made a finals appearance. Nuggets, Clippers. Nuggets and – yeah, it's got – yep, Nuggets and Clippers. That's correct. That was quick, Matt. That was All quick. Right. Damn. Moving forward, number one. We you skipped number, number two. two. Number two. Oh, my fault. Number two. The number of eight seeds to win game one in the NBA playoffs this year. That's the first time that has happened since t- 2003. And the Spurs lost to the Suns, if I remember right. Stephon Marbury had like a mm-hmm. buzzer beater. Mm-hmm. And the Magic actually went up 3-1 on the Pistons that year. But then they blew it. Um, and the Pistons began their run of Eastern Conference Finals appearances. I'm, I'm going to treat the, these two losses like, what was it, the 2017-2018 Aaron Rodgers? Relax. Relax. Got a whole lot of basketball left. Well, we'll see. If they lose game two, now, then, I'll be, <laughs> then I'll be worried if they lose game two. I want to throw in, too, it's only the second time in history. That 2003 was the first time it's ever happened, mm. which is a little surprising to me. Yep. That the one seeds have never gone down. All right, number one. Number one. Matt changed this at the last second because we had a different one there, and I'm glad he put this here. Number one is for the spot Bryce Harper ranks in the MLB and OPS. He's also fourth, I believe, in average. He's fifth or third, I believe, in on-base percentage, or maybe he's first in on-base percentage, too. Like, the the Bryce Harper MVP chatter, it should should start back up. He's not going to cover off the ball. Yeah, it it should start back up. 346 right now, hitting-wise? Yeah, like this man is going off. I need the Bryce Harper. This is the Bryce Harper we thought we were going to get last year. And I I told everyone, give it a year. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And now he's got that behind him. And in my good words, in the good words of my friend Spencer McCurcher, the Phillies, they might be back, man. That's four straight now. That's four straight. And I like that. Beating teams you should beat. The Mets, if you're a team, get them out of here. The Red Sox, if you're a team, get them out of here. Like, that's what you should be doing. So I'm glad they're taking care of business. Well, besides the Orioles, but... Yeah, you know what? We can skip that one. And the Marlins. But that's what I'm saying. This is, in this four-game stretch, that's what you're supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? Get the inferior teams out of here. And then we go battle up against the Yankees. But we're almost out of time. We get to get some shots about the buzzer before we dip. Kyle, you got anything to say at the buzzer? Yeah, man. So I'm back at school in Pittsburgh at college. On a that. college campus. Nice and, door. Uh, I'm not really liking the culture around here. I've seen stuff around here that's not good for the virus. I've seen UNC shut down classes yesterday after yeah. 130 cases in a week. Notre Dame, Notre Dame just Dame. shut down classes after 70 cases, and I haven't seen it too bad here at Pitt in terms of fraternities and sororities. But I see what people are wanting to do. I'm it's only a matter of time, man. It's only a matter of time. It's only it's only a matter of time. That's a big ass school you go to. It's hard. To, it's hard to police. What y'all got? Twenty twenty something thousand in there? Yep. Yeah, yep. like it's hard to police. It's hard to police twenty thousand kids. Someone's gonna do what they want to do. Like, someone's going to do what they want to do. So, be safe up there, man. Mask up. You know what I mean? Fuck it. Mask on all the, all the time. Got anything to say to the buzzer, man? I just got to say, it's getting close to election season, and a lot of people sometimes get accidentally kicked off the voter rolls. Mm-hmm. So, just make sure you're checked to register to vote. And if you're not registered to vote, voting, be a participant in democracy. Democracy shouldn't be a spectator sport. You mm-hmm. can make a difference. Vote, man. Please vote. 
please, like, please vote. That's all I got to say. I agree, man. Please vote. Uh, all I got to say at the buzzer is I'm loving the new setup we got here at the studio. Um, you can also now find Straight Facts on TouchboyTV.com along with Spotify. We're branching up and branching out. So shout out to Philly Hall of Fame. Shout out the Academy. Shout out TouchpointTV.com. And uh, I'm, I'm liking the, the studio setup we got here. But big ups to now the Academy. I can, I can give yeah. big ups to somebody else now. <laughs> big ups to Philly Hall of Fame and the Academy for hosting us and housing us. For my main man's call, Sarek and Stat Matt, I am James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up. Straight facts.